Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Full disclosure, I... Steve and I had some uh, had lunch together, and I've had a bit to drink. So, so if if it sounds like not. that at some point, you did not. I did. Um, so, all right. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll carry us. It'll be okay. Uh, thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. All right. I, all right. So, on that note, you put together the whiteboard. Started with Trump uh, yeah. suing Michael Cohen for five hundred million dollars that Michael Cohen obviously doesn't have. But well, the the amount of money is ridiculous, right? But. Once you get past that, you you have, you know, I've said for the longest time now that just kind of let Trump keep talking and he's going to talk himself into more shit, right? And and get himself into trouble. Like the, like the guy just can't shut up and he's got so many skeletons in his closet that it all starts to you know, get caught up in this cyclone and by him suing Michael Cohen, right? Um, what he's doing is like, so he's saying that Michael Cohen basically broke attorney client privilege. Right? All right. But he's also saying that what Michael Cohen said or is saying is false. So if what Michael Cohen is saying is false, then he couldn't be breaking attorney client privilege. Right, and if it was false, then Trump would be suing for defamation. He wouldn't be suing because Michael Cohen broke attorney-client privilege. So, if Michael, Co- if you're, if you are <clears throat> alleging that Michael Cohen broke attorney-client privilege, then you're acknowledging that what Michael Cohen is saying is true. And if Michael, Co- if what Michael Cohen is saying is true, then you committed a crime, and attorney-client privilege no longer applies. Right. So, you know, this suit, right, is going to open up, like, all sorts of discovery, um, and it's going to bring to light even more. Now, a lot of this stuff I have to imagine that some DA somewhere already has um, with all the different entanglements that Trump has going on, but it's just going to bring more to light, and I think that this issue with Michael Cohen by him suing, if Trump doesn't get himself out of this, right, and drop the suit, and this goes to discovery... And, and, you know, Michael Cohen is able to say, look, on this date, Trump said this regarding this, and it proves that Cohen isn't lying, right? Even if it means that in this particular case that, like, it would acknowledge that Trump's allegation is technically true. He did break attorney-client privilege, but, again, when you, the client... Commission of a crime, right? Commission of, right, like, it, and you, inv- you involve said counsel... Well, then the whole attorney-client privilege thing goes out the door, and Trump just basically stepped in a giant pile of shit that he made. So let me let me, let me ask this from a layman perspective: um, by making this a lawsuit, he is now basically opening the door for anything that gets said to be legally binding, meaning potentially perjury. Well, yeah. Uh, Kind of, sort of, right? Like it, it, it depends. Like not, not quite perjury, right? Um, but you know, they're going to be pulling, you know, transcripts from depositions. They're going to be pulling, you know, whatever sort of documentation. If there are recordings between Cohen and Trump or phone conversations, uh, emails, sex exchange, all, all that sort of stuff, um, it pulls it all out into the open. So it's not as much about perjury. But, you know, Trump has other cases in the state of New York going on, right? That's the other dumb thing. Like, you you know, like you just got all these charges for campaign finance issues, right? Michael Cohen is a witness in these cases, right? So then you sue Michael Cohen basically to shut him up in the state in which you are facing charges. So it's not going to be a big leap for Alvin Bragg. To, to, to go over to the civil judge who's handling this case and like, hey, let's let's move this information back and forth because that's privy to my to the state's case 
against Donald Trump. So that like what he did, he it's not so much perjury right now. If he gets if he were to get on the stand and testify with with the criminal charges, but those can be proven to be false statements based off of what he's saying or or or, or what's admitted to in the in the civil case, then yes. But as of right now, no, it's just the information that they'll have access to um, that that jeopardizes Trump's criminal case, even though it may uh, help fortify his civil case, but the civil case on its face cannot stand if the information that Michael Cohen had was true, right? Like that's, it, you see what I'm saying? No, I'm, 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 I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So, so Alan Bragg is a funny situation because the Trump group wants to say, okay, he's doing this based on a political agenda of yeah, bias. because he's and, funded by George Soros. Right, well, the George Soros thing, I mean, people don't even know who George Soros is, to be honest with you. But, you know, to a degree, Bragg did say, like, I will do this. And then yeah. he did it. He, yeah, I and, mean, he and, campaigned and by the way, on... following the law. Right, I mean, he campaigned, like, look, you know, it looks like Trump is dirty, and, you know, he's, he's done some very... You know, blatant and abashing. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm going to go after yeah. him and bring him to justice. Okay. Um, like there is some political aspect and, and a lot. Like Letitia James did the same sort of thing, um, and that is problematic. Like I think any uh, objective, even whether you're <clears throat> a partisan or or a, an attorney looking at that, you have to. It raises an eyebrow when you're campaigning for a position that you can Absolutely. you you have the ability to take away a person's freedom and you're saying I want this job so I can go get that person right and that person is a a political figure that may have committed some crimes but like and and I'm not dismissing the crimes that Trump's being accused of but I mean it's one thing if you're saying I'm I want to get elected so I can go after El Chapo it's a different sort of situation if you're going after a guy who's just a racist, misogynistic asshole who manipulates money for his own financial gain, right? Like, there's just a there's a fundamental difference between those two people, no matter how much you dislike Trump. And so to campaign on the idea of going after a U.S. citizen, right, or a citizen of your state or what have you, because you it feels like you don't like him politically, like, that's that's ugly, but it doesn't change the fact that we have these indictments from Alvin Bragg. It looks like there's there's merit behind them, and if that's the case, then Trump needs you do need to go after him, right? Like that is messy, but like you said, it's following the law. So by following the law, it gets you to Trump likely did these things that are that are illegal, and so we're going to go after him. Um, and then Trump makes it even worse by suing Michael Cohen, alleging that Michael Cohen broke attorney-client privilege. And so if, if that's true, then what you're saying is you, you wanted him to do these things that he's alleging. You don't want him to talk about them. And the, the things that he's alleging are illegal. So then, again, that punts the attorney-client privilege. But Trump made this mess that we're talking about right now. Like that's, it's wholly made from him, starting with what he wanted Michael Cohen to do dealing with Stormy Daniels, and then leading all the way up to him deciding, I'm going to shut Michael Cohen up by suing him for half a billion dollars. Like it's, it's I mean, this is like a, 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 a fucking um, uh, situation with Dr. Evil, right? Like he, it couldn't be that. It, when you know. Billy, you, know, so if you, you brought up El Chapo. Um, I thought of Al Capone and John Gotti. And it's funny to me that when we're thinking about Donald Trump, we're thinking about high-level organized crime figures. Yes. But that's not unfair. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, look, I mean, you, you look at who he surrounded himself with, and you look at how he operates his businesses, right? Like, this is just objective. And, and where I get frustrated with, with a lot of Trump supporters, right, before, you know, before Trump went, you know, oh, Obama's you know, not American, and I want to see his birth certificate. Before that, Trump was a joke, right? To everybody, left, right, whatever, right? Like, people, like, they, he was a joke. He bankrupts Atlantic City, you know, constantly, multiple bankruptcies, multiple marriages, you know, like, the, the, the guy was literally, like, he, he, was a, he was a buffoon, Yes, right. Uh, WWF I mean, and Obama making fun of him at the right. I mean, he was getting roasted. Is, yep. Right. I mean, he got he literally got roasted on Comedy Central. 
Yeah. Right. And it was it was a whole thing. His show, like, I mean, people, it was his show was popular, but having a popular stupid show on TV, I mean, the bar isn't that high. Um, I mean, you've got The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Survivor and you know hip hop Hollywood mm-hmm. wives and all this other bullshit. So I mean, it's not hard to get a really dumb show on TV that gets a lot of ratings. But Trump was a fucking joke to these people that are now supporting him just because he's saying the things that they want him to say. Um, and and looking at this whole criminal enterprise possibility and then him literally making his own situation worse by trying to use this organized, like this mob boss mentality of, you know, don't, you know, shut up or you're going to pay. But instead of a, a physical violent threat, it's a, I'm going to sue you for so much money that, you, that, that you'll, you know, be broke forever. It's just, ah, it's infuriating, <laughs> you know, I mean, from, from a legal standpoint, um, from a political standpoint. And yet, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a world where he's, he's still the GOP nominee, right? Like I still stand behind no. my support of DeSantis, no. but he could absolutely be the, the Republican party representative for president in 2024 even with all this shit going on. This is where we're in the surreal zone. I was thinking about this the other day. I was in Buffalo for, you know, see some family and do some stuff. And listening, like, trying to navigate away from political talk with family because that part of the family is very right-wing. And my uncle has his Trump 2024 hat on the top of the refrigerator. And I'm like, all right, I'm just steering away from all this nonsense. At the same time, Steve, it's not a possibility. It's a probability. Yeah. I mean, he is, as of right now, the guy who... And it's so fucking wild that a guy whose <laughs> legacy is I'm a thrice-married <laughs> porn star banging, you know, con man, convicted con or charged con man. And that's president. Well, I mean, like people, you got Trump University and Trump wine and all this other bullshit. Like, there's plenty of, like, I mean, his track record is what it is. But um, yet, and still, like, he's he's a he's a he's a viable candidate for president of the United States because of the people that support him, right? As much as people don't, and, I, like, you know, I don't like him. I don't want to see him in that position. But there's enough people out there that support and back his rhetoric, right? And have who have put him on this pedestal of a demigod who can do no wrong. And anyone who says anything about him is, you know, anti whatever right. is, is a hates America is a race yeah. and is a, you know, a treasonous anti-patriot racist against white people, <laughs> raging <laughs> no. communist, right? Like it's, yeah, it's, right. it's insane. Oh, and they, you brought up George Soros and no one who says that name even knows who George Soros is. Um, we, so the neighborhood we're in, we're whatever, a couple miles apart. There was a Trump rally the other day of one person. There was but one it, person. It can't be a rally with one person. You, like you know, by you're, definition. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> it can't, I mean, like, Steve, it's it funny. Was, you mentioned that earlier. Sad. I didn't think it about it. was almost no, sad. No, 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 Jim. It was sad. Right? Like it was sad. Right. It was hilarious. One, like one chubby old lady with the Trump, with a Trump you know, 2024 Trump flag on the on the corner on the west side of Cleveland, like come on, Rocky River Lorraine, baby. <laughs> I mean, like that that I mean that in and itself is just sad. It was it was pathetic. Oh my god, it was so bad. Uh, All right, moving moving on because I want. But that's his base, you know. Well, I mean that's, a, and, and that, no, that's and also that's not a strong something. argument about his base, but you know they're at Trump's peak. We've been over there, and that, there were fifty that, people, there. right? There, were 50, you know, maybe more, just all on, on all four corners of the corner, right, with signs and flags, yeah. wearing, you know, literally wearing the American flag, you know, pants and shirts, and screaming at cars and show, like, like, I mean, it, yeah. it was crazy. And now, now it's just that one, that one lone survivor. Yep. You know, but I also think we're a year and a half away from the election. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff won't really start to clear up and pick up until. We get to that one year mark, you know, like sure. once you get to it'll November be, of 23, right, should be. you know, pre Thanksgiving, we're a year away from the election, um, you know, kind of at the height of football season, then a lot of this stuff will start to ramp up. But moving on. Yes. Yeah, um, so 
you know, there's so there's two big stories, and I, and and these can go in either way. But first, we'll start with the Tennessee legislature. So, state of Tennessee, you know, they had that 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 uh, uh, brutal mass shooting where um, uh, the trans girl goes in, her trans guy or the trans person goes in and and you know shoots the teacher, shoots the kids. Um, the police are there, uh, you know, in, in in ten minutes, and and they take out the suspect. And, um, you know, just a terrible scene. It was like three kids under the age of, of nine um, and three longtime teachers. And, and, you know, it was a religious private school and, and it, it set off a firestorm about, uh, about, you know, private religious schools. It set off a firestorm about trans people. Um, and, the, and those are, you know, the, the standard identity politics sort of stuff. But it did raise the question of gun safety again. Um, and it, it really set off um, a lot of people in the state of Tennessee. And um, there were calls like, hey, let's do something about gun control. Let's do something, you know, so we can stop these, these, these mass shootings, especially in schools. And, uh, you know, there were protests at the Capitol uh, in there, there in Tennessee. And um, it, uh, it led three uh, state representatives in Tennessee um, to go out and protest, they had bullhorns and they were, you know, screaming for gun control in their state, um, and and you know, with their with their with the people who elected them and put them in the office, and the majority Republican led uh, legislature there in Tennessee said, all right, well, if you guys are going to go against the script and go out there and protest for gun control, then then we're going to expel you. Now, what they said was they that they were inciting a riot because they had a bullhorn, right? Like that's the technicality. Um, but the reality is, is that you had three reps that were Democrats that were saying, look, we got to do something. We're going to join the people. And it made the rest of the legislature look bad. Two of the members were black. There was one white woman. And they ultimately voted to expel uh, Justin Pearson and Justin Jones from the Tennessee legislature. Right. Like, so they actually vote and successfully expel them. Now, they end up reinstating them. But it, that in and of itself creates a firestorm because you've got you know, two black representatives and a white woman uh, who's also a representative that go out and protest. The two black people get expelled. The white woman doesn't. And then they say, well, it's because, you know, one of the black guys had a bullhorn and the other black guy was really closely associated with him. And, you know, she didn't have a bullhorn, so she gets to stay. Obviously, everyone's like, this is clearly about race. This is clearly about, you know, the, the, the gun lobby versus the anti-gun lobby. Um, and it's full, you know, full partisan bullshit. So the Tennessee media decides to get involved and say, look, all right, if you're expelling them for, you know, technically your the use of a bullhorn and everything else, let's look and see what you guys have going on. And when the media pulled the curtain back on the Tennessee legislature, all sorts of hell broke loose, right? Like, so you've got this one legislature who he is, uh, he's having an affair, right? Uh, which, okay, fine, not that big of a deal. But he's also, he's got, he's, he's got a, House in Nashville, right? And the capital of Tennessee is Nashville. Right. And, but he's got a condo, like, you know, like 75 miles away in another city, right? So these legislatures get a per diem if they live, like, like based off of where they live in relation to the capital. Well, his, his is, you know, it's an hour plus away. So he was getting this massive per diem for going to, you know, Cottonsville, whatever, Nashville. But he has, like, a $600,000 home in Nashville, his kid is enrolled in school in Nashville, and like his per diem should be a quarter of what it is. So what they did was since twenty one, like his per diem like collection is like ninety two thousand dollars, but but that's because he's basing it off of saying that he lives an hour and a half away. Well, if he was in Tennessee, it would be like ten thousand dollars, right? Like so you've got now you've got you know lying and reporting on where you're living and all this other shit but then you throw in this affair that he's having with this other woman and it may be an inappropriate relationship because of her role in the state like it's a whole mess then you got this other guy right who in his previous life uh before he was a legislator was a doctor right well this doctor admits that he was illegally prescribing opioids to his nurse his nurse that he was dating his nurse that he was dating, that was his second cousin. <laughs> like, okay. And so, and is there, is there a problem here? One, one other thing. The <laughs> second cousin nurse 
was also also admitted that she would use a uh, a, a strap on on the doctor. All right, you just bury the lead, you son of a bitch. You didn't bring that up at all. And I apologize to your mother for calling you a son of a bitch. But you no, bury the lead on that. Now, her using a strap on on it's, him... It's, it's really irrelevant. It's irrelevant. very irrelevant. But, but it's the, fun for you to throw the, in there, the, isn't the it? Fa- the Is, you feel good? Do you feel good? I feel fantastic about it. <laughs> because the fact that it made its way into the record is just... I, I don't even know how they got there. right? I, I think because she purchased it, maybe with money that he gave her... And there whatever. are so many Either things way. to go there. Um, anyway. But yes. the state of Tennessee is a mess right now. Um, and it, it, you know, Tennessee doesn't get the credit they deserve for being amongst sh- garbage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you, when you say racist state, Mississippi comes up, Louisiana comes up. Georgia, Alabama. Georgia, Alabama. Right. You know, Tennessee, well, you- Oklahoma... They, Missouri, they kind of skate, and they shouldn't because they're gross. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're with you there, Tennessee. You are gross as right. a state. <laughs> you You're official, welcome. You get the official stamp of grossness from uh, uh, the Whiskey Congress podcast. But I, you know, I just thought that was interesting, right? Like, so, so that's born out of like you've got this tragic event um, of this shooting, and you've got you know representatives doing what's right and calling for change and calling for something to be done now. That's not me shifting my stance on gun control and everything else because I think a lot of the gun gun control measures that are put out there aren't the reasonable aren't as reasonable as people say they are, but I still think that like we do need to you know look at some issues and address them, and I think that representatives fighting for that is is worthwhile and for them to be expelled, but your own you know you only expel the black people who do it like it so like you've got this unwillingness to address this really bad issue in terms of violence and then you've got the you know the history of racism in the state of Tennessee and then you've got this particular action that seems like it's based on race and you know political going down political lines uh, and then all of that ends up exposing you know just the dirt of all these other representatives that is much grosser than a couple guys yelling into a bullhorn about change for the good and and i think you and i have i mean we've had this conversation i think on the show and uh, offline give me a reasonable gun control law and i'm all for it i just don't know what that is because well, yeah, i mean it's what, what like what is it what does it look like and, and my concern is um i i just on its face the gun control argument i have issues with because, you know, and I've gone through this on the show multiple times, but you have the same people who will tell me as a black man that the that white nationalism is on the rise, that extreme, you know, ex- white extremism is on the rise. You know, like you've sure. got these 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 uh, um, domestic terrorists and they're based out of like white supremacist thought and, and everything else. So you're telling me all that's on the rise. You're telling me that. Some of these white supremacists are amongst our police. You're telling me that the police aren't here to protect me. You're telling me that the police are killing unarmed black men at a disproportionate rate to other people. You're telling me that the police aren't here to protect me, that they're here to protect property. Uh, you're, you're, you're telling me that they're, they're not going to patrol my neighborhoods and, and you know, people who look like me. Um, they're, you know, they're not going to patrol them with the same sort of concept of keeping the people safe that they would in the suburban neighborhoods uh you're going to tell me that the response time is going to be slow right which i mean it doesn't matter where you are like if, if you have to call the police like they have to get there and they, you know like it's 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 an issue across the country with slow response times from the police you're telling me that police are you've got the police department saying that they're underfunded um and that they need more people and they need more manpower and they need more uh, to fight crime, then we know that the crime numbers are on the rise, right? Like, so you're telling me all these sort of things, right? And then you're telling me that you want me to then give you my guns, right? You want to take them away from me and restrict my access to them and leave the people that you're telling me are basically out to get me, but just leave the guns with them because they'll keep you safe. Right, like that—that's my—it's—it's it's the—it's the contradiction, right? You're telling me that the people are who are supposed to keep me safe, 
have it out against me, can't keep me safe, aren't good at their job, need more training, right? Are, are overzealous to kill people who look like me. You're also telling me that they don't do a great job of protecting me, even if they aren't racist, because they're, they're understaffed and everything else. You wanted to fund them. They're saying they don't have enough funding and that's who you want to protect me? Fuck that. Let me choose the weapon to protect myself and let me do it if that's what's going on with them. Right? Like, and then you also have the issue with gun registries and, you know, like, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, it's like, do you trust the government to have access to this information so that they can pick and choose, right, who to take weapons from and, and, and who that they can go after? Right? Like, there's a lot of issues with this idea and concept of gun control that are broader than just, oh, yeah, 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 I like guns, right? Like, we're talking about freedoms, and you can think, well, you know, the, the founders didn't intend this, and this, and they weren't, and they weren't predicting semi-automatic weapons and everything else, and you could argue about the language, but, the, but as we understand it, the citizens of the United States have a right that's given in the Constitution to bear arms that shall not be infringed. And once you start taking away rights, things that are in the Constitution, because this particular group doesn't like the outcome of that particular thing, right? And you start taking rights away, then the, there's a progression that could absolutely happen where more and more of your rights are stripped away and taken away and restricted, right? Like it, it and I don't think that that is a, 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 a conspiracy theorist thought. Right. Like when you like the way the two sides in this country, conservative, progressive, Republican, Democrat, are fighting for power and are willing to do whatever it takes to shut the other side up. If you don't think like me, if you're not with me, then you're against me. That mentality is fucking dangerous. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, both these sides are trying to take rights away from people. It's just the rights that they're taking away are different. So I, I'm gonna. Right, I will push back on the shall not be infringed. You're leaving out the whole well-regulated militia aspect of the Second Amendment. I mean, but we could we can have that argument. We can. I mean, and, uh, go on. We probably go on. on you want? Um, and then and, and the other big issue is now uh, related to abortion, and that being quote unquote a right that's taken away. And when we get down that road. It's just, it's an ugly discussion. It and when people, do, discussion. Right. When people yeah. don't acknowledge that, it bothers me. It's like, look, abortion is a bad thing. No one is yahoo about that. Now, there are people who will say, and people, anyone who's black and white on that issue, I have a problem with. Because right. you think abortion is murder, no exception. I'm like, okay, you're ignoring some really ugly stuff. And if you say, oh, it should be, a, a right for a woman to choose up to eight months and 29 days. I'm like, okay, that's kind of gross too. Although to, but to me, I mean like, so you Sorry, know, the, the abortion issue, like you're right. Anyone, if you're black and white, like I don't, it can't be a black and white issue. It's not, it's not yes or no or good or bad, right? Like you, you've got, you've got rape, you've got incest, you've got just the age yeah, yeah. of, of the victim. You've got viability of the child threat to the mother's life. The, it, like yes. there, there's all these different aspects to it that, that, and, and nuance that complicate it to where there, there's not just a simple, direct, easy answer. And that's a hard conversation. But the right you're talking about is less about the actual abortion issue. And, and it's the concept of body autonomy, right? And, and controlling specifically women's bodies and, and how they're treated in a medical setting. Uh, and and that's, that's disturbing, the fact that the, the, the aggression of which conservatives and the rights and, and, and the Republicans are going after that particular aspect of body autonomy, right? Like the people of small and, government. And, and that's the issue you and I have been steering away from well, right. for the and, entirety of our show. Has and, always and been... someone told me once that, oh, well, that's a cop-out. And it's just like, look, I, got I can't. And, and like, look, if you want to talk about, which we're doing it right now, I think now, now you don't have a choice because you have to speak for it. But yeah. I, I just, again, my issue with the, the, the conservative movement attacking abortion the way they have for the last 30 years, right, if not longer, More, yeah. you know, 40, 50 years going after that is, again, this kind of, like you're, you're the side, you're the party of small government, you're the, the party of, you know, freedom of movement and freedom of this and that and everything else. 
but you you are at, you are attacking a fundamental right of a person in in their their freedom to deal with their own personal body right same thing when when they go after uh, you know lgbtq and everything else right like i have my issues with some of the trans stuff that happens but again the shit they do doesn't hurt me so i don't want them to be hurt i don't want them to be targeted i don't want you know like trans people to be like made even to larger pariahs than they already feel um and so again we're I, my issue i feel is consistent it's leave our rights alone allow the people to you know allow people to make decisions for themselves allow people to express themselves the way that they want without government interference right the issues with guns like there are there are other ways to attack these issues and with these shootings. Now, people are saying like, well, Europe doesn't have this problem and Canada doesn't have these problems. All these other guns, these nations that ban guns don't have the problems that the U.S. does. And you're absolutely right. And yes, it is because we have so many guns. But that is also the reason why you can't go back, right? There's, oh, well, New Zealand did it and Australia did it. We aren't Australia or New Zealand, right? Australia, New Zealand... Like the, the population in Canada, you could take all of those and put them in the U.S. and still have room for plenty, right? We are much bigger. We are different. We've had guns all along. We've got more fucking guns than people. You don't put that toothpaste back in the tube, right? And your gun lock, they, they, like, it's like, oh, well, it may, it may reduce some. It may help some. And so if it's going to help a little bit, then it's worth doing. Not at the not if it's going to cost people their rights. That then gives the other party that you don't like a pathway to take away more of your rights. Because then they'll go back and forth to the next thing you know. You are living in a society where the government controls every particular aspect of your life that you have no control over. Right? That's not a conspiracy theory. These people are human and they're greedy, power hungry, driven by control. And you have to push back against that. And I'm sorry that we have this, this, this epidemic of gun violence. It's fucking terrible. But the alternative to me is much, much worse. Because then we all end up essentially as slaves. And I, just the history of my family tells me that that's not great. So I'm willing to fight the fight that we're fighting now and go forward free than to go towards a future where we end up enslaved to to ourselves essentially anyway that's my ted talk all right <laughs> brought to you by steve uh no but I, I hear what you're saying i mean again i am willing to listen to discussions if you say to me registration of every firearm is a step in the right direction i'm open to that conversation um you know definitely background checks absolutely open to that conversation that's in existence now with I, I, with, the, loop, the, with loopholes, the, the the loophole is is private citizen sales, right? Yes. But you can't you can't like how are you going to regulate that, right? I I, I mean it's I don't like, know that's the issue. And, I don't and, know, and, and but you know uh, like private citizen sales is, is like is an issue, but okay, fine. Um, but we we but we do have these like everywhere you go, you have to fill out, and I can't remember the ATF form that you have to fill out, but. Like that's required. That's federal law. Like you yeah. can't. Like uh, it doesn't matter where you go, right? I've been. I like I was just in the Carolinas, right? I popped into a couple gun shops, and while I was there, there was a guy buying a gun, filling out the ATF form in South Carolina and North Carolina, right? In Ohio, West Virginia, everywhere you go, you have to fill these forms out. So if if people are going into a gun store, and they're but that's in, a store with a an FFL, a federal firearms license, so they have to do that. Yes. If I sell to you. I, I can tell you from personal experience. In but we, I, I just acknowledge that that person, like person to person sales, yeah. But even at gun shows now, they still have to fill out those ATF forms, right? Like that loophole is like the loophole that they're taught. The gun show loophole. Now, look, I haven't been to a gun show in if ten I, years. If I take a gun to a gun show, right, and I leave it in my truck, and I see you walking around, and you're looking at the same gun that's in my truck, and you know. I watch the situation, they slide you the ATF form, and you're like, oh, I don't want to do all that stuff. And they're like, yeah, that's the rule. And then I follow you and say, hey, buddy, I got the same uh, AR-15 in my trunk. You ain't got to go through all that bullshit with the federal forms with me. 
that there is an issue and that's a loophole. But, you know, going to a gun show doesn't remove the fact that you still have to go through the federal forms, right? Like, and, and people are going to go, oh, I know, I saw this guy go into a store and buy a gun and he didn't have to fill out any forms. Then that store is operating illegally, right? And that store is the problem. It's not the state law because the laws are what they are. You cannot legally buy a firearm, right, from an FFL dealer without filling out the ATF whatever form. You just can't. True, No, true. no matter but, what but, state. But, but you can find someone who is not... Right now, if you've Regulated. got, to, but again, if you've and got, I, mean, someone, I, I, I have purchased firearms under those circumstances. Yes, no. I have too, because there, there's not a law against person-to-person sales. So Correct. if you want to change that, like the only issue that I have again is that like that forces some sort of registry on it, and once you have a registry and you have access, like that just to me is where things get dangerous, right? And people who really aren't like if you don't own a gun or you're 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 not like you. Like maybe you have one, it was given to you or handed down or whatever. You don't have a strong opinion on guns. You're just like registry isn't a bad thing. We register our cars and everything else, but it's like just guns are different. And the the idea of the government having that much knowledge and and that much access, it just like <laughs> all the shit we're dealing with these politicians. Like you made a reference to George Santos earlier, right? Like. Do you, do you, I mean... Well, I think you made a reference. Right, but either way, like, uh, our confidence in these people that we have in government isn't high, right? My, it's just not, and that's a lot of where my <laughs> issue is. shouldn't be. Right, and it shouldn't be, right? Like, so do you really want those people, like, if Trump is president again, do you want his, him and his administration having access to a fucking gun registry, right? It's just like, oh, you said something about us that we didn't like on Twitter. Oddly enough, we're coming to take your guns, and now you can't defend yourself. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, just think that, this that, through. That, that, that seems paranoid to me, but does it? It does. It does. It, you see, it, you, you, think, you, you really it, think that I, that that's going that far? No, I didn't say that far. Okay, <laughs> I, I mean, mean like, in, in, that that seems like one step beyond. And you know what? I will tell you. Yeah, it is paranoid. But what, like, what's the difference? Uh, a paranoia it doesn't right. necessarily like because being because paranoid, paranoid doesn't, doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that it's not real. Like, the, it doesn't mean that the threat isn't there. So, Fair. I mean, like, look, it, it's, I, I didn't intend on this going down a, a, a gun control conversation. And like I said, I'm open to certain things, but I think we need to look at bigger picture and, and the potential risk and harm that comes from it and weigh it out. And if you're willing to say, like, I'm willing to sacrifice this freedom, right, then, and you've got other people who aren't willing to sacrifice that freedom, then what happens when there's a freedom that you do find relatively important, that you do support, that you do want to keep, but the other side wants to take it from you, but you can't get the support from the other people because you didn't support them when their particular freedom that they were fighting for was stripped from them, right? And that's, and, and nobody wants to look at it that way, and I'm a paranoid, like, I like, oh, well, you're slipping into conspiracy theory, but when you look at the people that we have in government, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Right? Those are the people that you have in government. Those are the people that you want controlling your records, who has access to web and everything else. Like, I get that they're crazy and we don't want them to have guns, but like, like think about who, who, the amount of control and access that you're giving to these people that they already, like, they, like, think about what they already have and think about what more you're willing to give up to them. And does that, does that really make sense to you? You really want Marjorie Taylor Greene having that type of access and control? Like, come on! I mean, you're, you're pushing the right buttons with with my girl MTG. Um, let's be all right. Let but me, we can we can yeah, move, let's on. move on. Let's move on. Here. Let's move on. Let's move on to something less controversial and talk about the Supreme Court. <laughs> um, Go ahead. It's on you. All right. I'm just like throwing yeah. the lob up right now. It's on you. So, Clarence Thomas, oh, the 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 man, the myth, the legend. Um, he got himself in some shit. Uh, over a long period of time, he didn't just step in it. Like, this is a uh, collected effort. Uh, he's got a, what he calls a close family friend uh, who happens to be a billionaire named Harlan Crow out of Texas. Hey, by the way, is there a whiter name no. ever? I mean, if there if the, I, I mean, think it was John Stewart last like, week. This like, dude has got the whitest be, name ever, like, Harlan Crow. The first time I heard it, I pictured a guy with white hair and a white suit, right, with a cane. Like, it's just like, Harlan Crow to your service. 
Um, but Harlan Crow and Clarence Thomas and Jenny Thomas, apparently really good friends. Harlan Crow being a billionaire, um, that for years has been you know flying Clarence and Jenny around the world uh, on his private jet, taking them on his yacht, uh, even going so far as to buying a property that Clarence Thomas' uh, family owned, in which Clarence Thomas was like a thirty percent owner of. Uh, purchasing it from Clarence Thomas for some unknown reason. Um, and none of this was disclosed, right? Um, the, the, the property was not disclosed that Harlan Crow brought, uh, purchased from his family. The trips around the world on the private jets weren't disclosed. The yacht trips, like, you know, the yacht trips I, I, I teeter on just because, like, all right, what if it was just like a little shitty fishing boat, right? Like if, what, what, what if, what if Harlan took him out? Like, like as the boat gets bigger, have you that's seen when the it, boat? <laughs> no, I have seen the boat and it's amazing. Right. But I mean, it's just like, like where does bringing someone on your boat cross the line politically, right? Like from a political finance you, campaign you, you, reporting this, this standpoint. seems like a Wolf of Wall Street argument. No, but think about it. Like think about the boats over on Lake Erie right now up at yeah. Whiskey Island. Sure. Okay. So if if yeah, there's if I, like twenty five foot if I go out fishing right like so if I invite Mary Captor onto my my twenty four foot boat right is is you know what I mean and I first we, a fifty five foot right yacht but with I'm the just but hold deck. on before just get off the idea of how big and fantastic the other boat is right but if I just got a twenty four foot boat that's maybe got an under deck cabin and, and we go, and I take Mary Captor and I just say it because she's the Marcy, Marcy, sorry. And I take her out on my boat and we go fishing and we come back, right? Is that something that she needs to report? Right, and that's a, I, I don't know I, the I, answer I to know. that question. And and if not, then what's what's the line of I went on in someone's boat and I need to report it? Now, obviously, you know, a, a, a boat half the size of a football field is probably something that you're going to need to report, right? Um, I get that, but I'm just, mine is more of a, what's the, what's the cutoff for report? Like if it's a no, rowboat, that, that's fair. Right. Like if that's I just fair. got a rowboat and I'm like, right. Hey, Marcy, or, or, uh, uh, yeah, Marcy, come out on my <laughs> rowboat. You know, like, I mean, is anyone making a big deal? No one gives a shit. Right. I'm just wondering what size of boat triggers that you got to report it factor. <laughs> now, look, I'm not, and none of this is, I'm not even defending Clarence Thomas on this. That's just a curiosity question, but you know, private you know flying on a private jet it like out of the country across the country whatever that's uh, like in clarence thomas knows better he knows that what he's doing is fucked up right he knows that his excuse for this is bullshit right the question is what are what are they going to do about it right john roberts it's your supreme court what are you going to do about it congress what are you going to do about it Right? Like, are you going to impeach? I, well, actually, I don't know who impeaches the Supreme Court justice. I don't know if that's a senator or Congress, but let's say, I, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just so rare. I mean, I get <laughs> sure. a lawyer, I'm supposed to know all the rules yeah, exactly. and all the laws. <laughs> I, I don't. I would defer to you on this. Right. I, like, uh, so you got to go to someone who's who got a higher grade point average in law school than I did. You were uh, sick that day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, no, look, it's, it's an ugly scene for Thomas, but I don't have a lot of faith. That anything comes of this, and oh, no. something should, right? Like, and people are trying to be like, "Oh, they're just friends." That's what friends do. Like, look, I don't give a shit, right? One friend is a Supreme Court justice of the United States. Another friend is a billionaire, right? You, ha we know about reporting and, and like finance reporting, and you have to report benefits and gifts. Hell. I work for the Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority, and I had to report gifts over $25 fucking dollars. I got a $50 gift card from one of our general contractors, and I reported it. I put it on a form and submitted it and had to report it because that's the fucking rule, right? And if I don't, then if anyone finds out, then Channel 19 and Carl Monday are up my ass for taking gifts, right? Well, like you, you are kind of a baller, Steve. But, but just think about that. I reported a $50 gift card from a general contractor to Home Depot. All right. You okay? want me to talk about that? I, I, I want to be an asshole. But, but. And I'm much better to be an asshole than you But are. Clarence Thomas, who is a Supreme Court justice, right? So he went to law school. I went to law school. And I'm not saying that I'm nearly as smart or as accomplished as Clarence Thomas. But, right? 
If my background tells me that I need to report a $50 gift card from a general contractor that we work with from Home Depot, then I cannot imagine that Clarence Thomas just thought that it was okay that he hopped on this plane and flew to fucking Milan with Harlan Crow and his family, right? Without reporting. You can do it all fucking day, but you have to disclose it. Right? And then when you talk about this dude is a billionaire and he's got multiple businesses and, and things that are directly impacted by, you know, American, American domestic and foreign policy in situations where uh, Supreme Court decisions could directly impact his business, right? Which is another thing that we know that those situations have come up. Then Clarence Thomas has an obligation, right? Has a has an obligation by the off the the, the 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 bench that he sits on and the robe that he wears to report these interactions, right? You're not a criminal for doing it. You're a criminal for not fucking reporting it. And and the question remains: What happens to Clarence Thomas because of this? Does John Roberts step up and do his job? You know, and and I should know again: Whoever impeaches Supreme Court justices, like they need to step up and do their job, right? And figure out what uh, and is it. You know, impeachment, is it uh, some sort of censure? I don't, but something needs to happen, an action. It needs to be relatively severe. Um, and the question is, will it? Well, I, I, I mean, if we're betting on this, we both are going to bet no. Nothing right. will happen. Now, having said that, um, this is a potentially huge swing on the Supreme Court. I mean, well, we I mean, hold, let's not go down there. What, right? Like, well, I mean, if, we don't have, well, we don't even have anyone like acknowledging what happened, right? Like John Roberts, ha like from what I've seen, John Roberts hasn't said anything. We don't have, you know, like uh, we've got some some moderate commentary coming from like I, like where's Mark Garland? On? Like, come on now, like I, I'm not ready to right now. The court is basically six to three, right, in terms of conservative Democrat or yes. conservative liberal. But you flip it to five you're four. Going, you're, you're putting you're putting the cart before the the like you, you, we can't go there yet, right? We don't even know like we, no one's even like where are we at in terms of even the possibility of an investigation, right? Like this is coming out of a news report, right? So the, so so I'm not going All like right. I don't want to entertain well, the oh this could this could flip the court like not flip the court but it could get another. Like progressive yeah. on the court, hold on, right? Like I mean, like you just you, like we don't even know if this is going to get to a position where we're even talking about an impeachment, right? Oh, or I think at this point we have no reason to believe there will be. But then, but that's if, insane but, to but, talk but, about it. But happening. but the Come impact on. the impact is potentially huge. I mean, let's see if there's a, if there's even a some movement form, towards that a movement towards some right. form of sanction before we start talking about. You know, well, a changing, well, uh, you know, right. a 30-year sitting Supreme Court justice being removed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I, it's I, I don't think it's that far to say, let's hold off on that conversation just yet. No, I, I'm not even disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that that is ultimately the potential culmination of that issue. Yeah, that's and, I mean that's where it that could is, end, but like and, the, you need so many dominoes no, we're, we're to away. fall. All right, we got, we got, we're gonna go on over an hour if we're not careful and I really want to talk about two things um, one of them is the one I don't want to talk about is the Dalai Lama you the Dalai Lama is it's just so bizarre I, and it's hard right like so the one thing we didn't talk about and we can actually wrap these things together somehow I'll make it work so the Dalai <laughs> Lama so the Dalai not, not the Dan Snyder thing this other thing so okay. the Dalai Lama stuck his tongue out at a kid and uh, told the kid to suck his tongue and that's fucking gross. <laughs> yes. Right? Okay. Like, just We're fucking We're on the same gross. page there, yes. And then, you know, the, like, his people came out, and they're like, well, you know, he likes, he's, he's playful. He gets, you know, it borderlines on flirtatious. It's normal. Sorry, he went a little bit overboard. I didn't like the explanation at all. I don't, like, everything about this is gross. I don't know what you do to punish the Dalai Lama. I don't know enough about, really, the Dalai Lama to begin with. So, I, I don't I, know. I, I, it's I don't, just, don't it's know a weird the, story. The, the, now, yeah. you know, there are, now... The, you know, conservatives are saying that, you know, like the Dalai, Lama, the Dalai Lama made fun of Trump and, you know, is about peace and equality and everything else. So the conservative right wing is making the Dalai Lama like a political progressive left figure. 
And the big movement right now on the political conservative right is to talk about grooming children and, you know, pedophiles. And if you're, you know, progressive yeah. left, then you're, you're, you support child grooming and pedophilia. Um, and so they're really going after the Dalai Lama in that vein. Much like they're going after the trans community for being, you know, groomers and, and pedophiles and everything else. Which brings us to, you're going to like how I did this, Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney <laughs> ends up uh, getting a deal with Bud Light, or Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch. Well, well done. Now and, I see a good, good job. <laughs> and so they, uh, so Anheuser-Busch does like a, a promotion with Dylan Mulvaney, puts her face on a can, and, and she does this social media thing drinking uh, Bud Light, and it lit the conservative right on fire, to the point where they did their standard, we're boycotting you by taking the beer that we already bought and dumping it uh, because we're or anti- shooting it with or <laughs> shooting it or running it over. Which you know, you and I are in the same place on this. Once you pay I for love it, this so much. Once you pay for it, you are no longer doing damage to the company. Like you're not doing damage. You never were. Um, but you know, like conservatives in mass, like dropped. Buying Bud, you know Anheuser Busch, Budweiser, Bud Light, everything else, um, as a, as a protest against this this uh, promotion with uh, this trans person Dylan Mulvaney, um, and it you know set off the 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 whole firestorm about the trans argument going back to the Nashville shooting because that person was trans, um, and it really just created this this really just gross firestorm um, in, in showing people's. Uh, um, homophobia, transphobia, all their sexual phobias um, and gender phobias. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because sales dropped for Anheuser-Busch, you know, I mean, because of this. Uh, and yet their stock price actually didn't suffer all that much. And even, you know, at points kind of saw um, some pretty big jumps. And, you know, predictably, like, or not predictably, over the last, I would say, five or six years when this happens, whether it's Nike or, you know, pick a company that, you know, allegedly went woke and then went broke, according to conservatives, even the NFL, like when you look at their numbers, yet, yet, right. Yeah. Like all their numbers, like, you know, people talk about, well, when Dick stopped selling guns, their stock price dropped, like it did, but that was years ago. And if you look at their stock price now, it's, it's, you know, three times as high as it was then. So if anybody rode out the wave, of the whole Dick's stop selling guns thing, then they're pretty happy with their investment in Dick's sporting goods. You know, same thing with Nike. Everybody lost their shit over Nike and 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 uh, Colin Kaepernick and everything else. Well, if you look at the stock price of Nike right now, then you're 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 probably pretty happy, right? Same with their revenue and everything else. And you can talk about the NFL. NFL breaking record numbers, right? Based off of just you know t- these ridiculous TV contracts and everything else. Um, and you know, people, the conservative right complained about them being, you know, woke and then they were going to break them because of their boycott and Breitbart tried their hardest. Like they would show the stadiums before games or after game, like, look how empty the stadium is. Like that was halftime douchebag or that was pregame dickweed. Um, and you know, the NFL like them, love them, hate them, whatever. They're kicking ass, taking names when it comes to revenue and profits. Um, you know, so. We'll see what happens with Anheuser-Busch. I suspect their stock price will continue to go up. Their sales will rebound. I'm sure you will get a flood of people coming in and buying, you know, Anheuser-Busch products as a, you know, anti-protest, right, to to the conservative right that'll sort of buoy uh, uh, Anheuser-Busch's sales. Um, but it's just interesting, and I didn't want to leave that out because it was a, it was a big topic of conversation. Well, and 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 the alcoholic beverage landscape has changed because. Um, seltzers have become a huge, you know, and I don't know which one is Budweiser or Anheuser Bushes. I don't know if it's Long Drink or whatever, but the the market has shifted. And frankly, Bud Light is a beer that was designed for women. Well, I'm I mean, sorry. I think, well, uh, well, look, I mean, I think you're you're speaking to a broader, like a, a broader issue that I think a lot of these conservatives. Don't know. Like, I mean, Anheuser Bush and InBev, like, they're massive, right? They're Huge, one of yes. the largest, you know, alcohol distributors yes. in the world. 
And so they, there are so many brands under that umbrella that most of these people that are doing all this ranting and raving don't even realize when they switch from one and they go to this or that or whatever it's that they're the still it's still Anheuser Busch still in bed. Um, you know, now there are some, you know, like now the beer snobs in the world, right? The 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 hipsters I'm a drinking, beer snob. The hipsters and the IPA people are that's me. All right. well, like, but you're not a brewer, right? Like, I mean, you homebrew, but you don't sell. Correct. Right. Those that do have jumped into this argument saying, we'll give you a list of all the brands that are Anheuser-Busch to make sure that you don't drink any of that transphobe beer. Right. right, Or or that trans whatever beer, whatever. But here's a list of all of our extra hoppy IPA beers that you can enjoy that aren't affiliated with the trans movement. Right. Like and they're taking advantage of this, which is interesting because of lack of across that. Well, and and like I've seen, it's all over like social media. Like you see these different distilleries and brewer or, uh, distilleries and breweries jumping in. We ain't woke. We're right, not. exactly. Is it really? Is yeah, like going, like going. Okay. The, you know, I, look, I'm not doubting you for a second. Well, I'm I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you can go out there and find it, but right, like we're, we're you know, like we're not woke. You, you, and you can come and you can yeah, drink our beer. You, you handle our social media. Yeah. So. Which the interesting about the interesting thing about that is that a lot of what built the the uh, you know. Uh, microbrew community and, and all that sure. other stuff were a lot of these sort of hipsters that were Absolutely. very progressive. And, Absolutely. You know, so I, I think I used to make fun for not being like not having a long enough beard to be a true brewer. Right. Or not having a man bun and all that right. shit. Exactly. Yeah, so, but anyway. Right, let, let, let's move on to Daniel Snyder because I do want to wrap this up but my boy Daniel Snyder how the fuck can you teach a guy a lesson better than just giving him six billion dollars? What's that think five billion because he paid eight hundred million for the team originally, sold it for six I billion. I stand correct. Sold it for six billion, um, and like, and people are like, "Well, he's got you know minority owners, so he's not getting all of six billion. Like, okay, whatever his percentage of the eight hundred million was, he's getting, you know, five times whatever that percentage is, and that's his punishment for being a garbage owner." Right, like it's ridiculous. Like, and and people are just like, well, you don't understand. It, there's only 32 teams, and it's a private club. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? Exactly you know what's point. also a private club is going from being a billionaire, single digits, to a double digit billionaire. There's even fewer people in that fucking club. So, like, this guy goes from one club to another, and I'm sorry, I don't see where the loss is, other than now he's got to buy tickets to games if he wants to go see them, which I'm pretty sure Daniel Snyder no longer gives a fuck about the NFL because he just made $6 billion or $3 billion or whatever the fuck he made off this sell, right? The guy was a garbage owner. He was a garbage human for the most of the duration of the time in which he owned the Washington Redskins, now Commanders, and his punishment is a cool six billion dollar check to go fuck off. I have nothing to respond to. On that. I mean, it's just like it's look, just like no. Like, here's oh, the we, thing: we, we we taught this guy a lesson. I, and, and like, look, I, and I don't know what the fucking right answer is, right? Like, I I'm not saying the guy should be drawn and quartered for his behavior and, and what he allowed to go on under his watch. Um, it's not a defense of him that he should keep his team. And it's not, I don't know what the right answer is, right? But it's just fucked up that you run this organization this way to the point where all the other owners and the league says, you are toxic for us to be around and to be a part of our club. You must go for your bad behavior. And with that comes this check for this amount of money. Like, it's just crazy. Um, now I wish I had a bunch and back. I, and I there's don't. just like and I I don't know what to say about it, right? Like and, and you know I'm sure there's someone out there who'll say, well, it's because of capitalism. Yeah, I guess, but pipe down, right? Like we're not ending capitalism because Dan Snyder got richer, right? It's just a uh, that that one that that one was a little bit of a gut punch, and it, it didn't hit me until I saw the sale price. Right, I was just like, "This is good. He needs to sell the team. He's a dick. He hasn't really ran the so team." So we had this conversation on this show when yeah. you said, "Like, you, yeah, you get kicked out. You kicked yeah. out of this. You do." You know, this, and then, but it's just know, party like, boy club. You look at it, and it's like this dude made again eight hundred million, sells it for six billion. Like, dude made five plus billion dollars off this. Like, like you said, even if you only get a quarter of that, that's billions, right? Of dollars. And then that goes and, to, and, like I said, the NFL kicking ass and taking names, right? Like you know, the teams Steve, are I think you're acknowledging the fact that the America is done with the NFL. They're not. Uh, 
Right. Like, think I about care, it. I was, <laughs> you got 32 teams, right? And let's say, on average, the 32 teams are worth, we'll say, $4 billion. So the Bills sold for $1.4 billion. Like that was ten then. years ago. That was then. That was ten years. That was a was decade ten years ago. ago. Yeah. Right. No, no, the TV not, contracts aren't what the, no, like the TV contracts uh, now are insane. I, I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just pointing out. One point four billion was a big deal. The Broncos sell last year for like four billion. I think you and I got into a back and forth on the show about how four billion was insane for the. Oh my God! It was it? Was, I want to say it was the Broncos, but it could have been a different team. And now the. I mean, like, collectively, you're talking like again on average. Billions. On average, if the average is now four billion a team, right? Then I mean, you're looking at like you're looking at a league that it's got a value of 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 140 billion dollars. You know what? I, I'm, right? not, I'm not remembering what we argued about. It was the Milwaukee Bucks sold for four billion dollars. Yeah, and I said, no way, it, no way. Well, what? No, but I didn't say no way because it happened. Yeah, I was just like. That's insane to me that a basketball franchise in Milwaukee would sell for three times what an NFL franchise sold for in Buffalo. I'll get you, I'll grant you that. But Milwaukee and Buffalo are essentially similar size markets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't feel well, good. Well, no, I mean, just no, no. It, it's, I mean, there's, it, there's a lot true. of it's there's true. a lot of similarities Small between town, the two teams, whatever, or and, cities. And and I would think an NFL team would have way more. Street value, yeah. But you have to look at because, like, and the reason why is you've got less overhead with an NBA team, right? Right. right? Like you're right. you're paying fewer players, right? Like even though there's the, 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 like you pay fewer a lot fewer players, like the arenas are smaller, like everything you is have smaller. Forty home games right, rather like, than right. Like so, eight. you've got less overhead in terms of like actual labor. Right, but you still have these these other big residual values in terms of like marketing, branding, um, the actual real estate that the you know, the property's on, and all that other stuff. The naming rights. You still have these massive TV contracts, right? Because like the NBA, you have a lot of games, so you don't like it doesn't have the same sort of fanfare. You're right, but like you still have massive TV contracts. You've got all the like I said, the marketing, the merchandise, and it, like arguably the NBA is bigger globally. Than, you know than the NFL, not even arguably. Right? Like, I mean, um, it, no, doubtably, it, it is like the NFL is massive and number one in the U.S., but around the world, the NBA is bigger. So even though Milwaukee is Milwaukee, like there are people all around the world who like Giannis, right? Who love Giannis and like yeah. who buy his jerseys from Greece and Africa and China and everywhere else. Not to mention the NBA's relationship with China. And again, like Milwaukee is like a like if it's not just Milwaukee. That vertical goes all the way up and out because they like because they have fans everywhere all over the world. The value of that one franchise is going to be a lot higher, right? And there's other things in there in terms of revenue, um, and and how they're able to sort of uh, their their numbers are depreciated or inflated based off of uh, you know various contracts and things like that. These NBA teams again have a lot of value. There's only 32 teams, or there's only 32 of them, or, or whatever. Yeah, around 30. Um, and but they they're a massive draw on a lot of different levels, and so they still they, like the, the value is just crazy high. And you know, I'm not arguing with anything you're saying. And whatever, in fact, it would be stupid for me to argue because you just stated facts. Having said that, the NFL team. <laughs> that being said, I'm going to. But anyway. uh, yes, the Bills sold for a third of what the Milwaukee Bucks but, did ten years later. But. And the question and, is, and if said, the uh, what is it, the Pagulas? Yeah. Um, if they were to sell the bills today, then I'm, I have no idea. If they would it be were, six, but, but would then, it be six, all, Washington just over six billion? Right. That, that was literally the discussion started. I would argue that Buffalo right now probably could is probably closer to four or five billion. You're probably right. right. The Pagulas could probably make probably a right. fuck ton of money um, if they wanted to. Um, and I doubt that they do. Why would they, right? Um, you know. By the and, way, do you know the story of Kim Pagula? Well, she, she had a heart attack yeah, and, and literally got resuscitated as like Demar Hamlin, right? And, but and that's, she that's, sorry. is not doing well. If I, if I, no, she's she was fighting for life. Although she's on the recovery, and I would do one. Yeah, that. but this is a while ago, and, the, and she's, I, you know, I actually right. I read a story, and I meant to forward it to you. This is probably about a month ago that. 
she's not like that. It's kind of sad. Like she's oh. just not the same person. Because I, I had read stories prior to to her incident. Her daughter is like a world class tennis player. But and like she, and she put put a story out and said, "All I'm trying to say is that the woman is very impressive." <laughs> You're trying okay. to tell me about this damn tennis player in high school. Uh, no, no, but but no. I no, mean, like, no. which is I mean, it's great for her daughter. But Kim Pagula, in and of herself, like has a very impressive resume and has been a strong yeah. figure as a part of the ownership group and ownership team and has been a leadership about a number of different diversity initiatives and everything else. But because of this medical incident, she is not the same woman. She doesn't have the same energy. I, I don't know how well she's speaking. Cause I think there was a stroke involved as well. Yeah, and so I'm just true. saying like that, it's just a sad situation and it's crazy because you know, DeMar, DeMar Hamlin gets hit, heart stops, gets resuscitated, comes back, may play again. Right, but you know she's also an older woman, and it was a completely different sort of situation. But just again, just showing like the contrast there is unfortunate. All right, uh, we should wrap this up. Wrap it up, Thank B. You. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter, and we're done. Later. Wrap it up.